Assalamu alaikum. It is Tuesday, the, the, the 8th of February 2022. And in our series, Reflections of the Holy Quran, this is broadcast number 299. And uh, recently we have been uh, Considering the meanings of the words of chapter 2 verse 98 of the Holy Quran and this is the fourth broadcast in considering its words. Yesterday we had started considering the meaning of the word Malaika wa Malaika Tihi and today we continue with that uh, <clears throat> just to remind you that uh, these broadcasts are brought to you by the Lahore Amdiya community which was established by Hazrat Mirza Ulam Ahmed Sahib Rahmatullah whose teaching was that um, although other Muslims believe in the continuation of coming of the prophets, either a new prophet or an old prophet, but uh, the Holy Quran says that the Holy Prophet Muhammad was the seal of the prophets, Khatmun Nabiyyin. And the Holy Prophet explained the meaning of this verse by saying, La Nabiya Badi. No prophet after me. So that means that now no prophet is going to come, whether an old one or a new one. However, there will be times when uh, Muslim Ummah will fall into error and reform will be required. So the Holy Prophet said that Mujaddadeen, reformers, will come. They will not be prophets, but they will be sent to reform the Muslim nation. And of course, as soon as that happens, there will be disagreements. And Hazrat uh, Mirza Ahmed said that uh, although people rush to call each other kafirs, 
on the slightest disagreement. But the Holy Prophet had said that um, if one reciter of the Kalima says about another reciter of the Kalima that he or she is a kafir, a heretic, out of pale of Islam, then it is the person saying these words who's out of the fold of Islam. So strict was the Holy Prophet Muhammad about this. Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad also told that uh, <clears throat> although generally Muslims believe that some prophetic revelation that the Holy Prophet Muhammad received from Allah is no longer a part of the Holy Quran. This is untrue. People say Surah Balayat is missing, Ayah Rajim is missing. But Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Sahib said that God says that I have revealed the Holy Quran and I am its guardian. So how is that possible that something is missing? Similarly, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad taught that although some people say that parts of the Holy Quran have been abrogated, this is untrue. No verse of the Holy Quran is abrogated. was, is, or shall ever be abrogated. And of course, jihad is a fundamental duty of every single Muslim. But jihad is defined by the Holy Prophet Muhammad who, when returning from fighting, said that Muslims are returning from the minor jihad to the major jihad and uh, what the major jihad is, it is jihad bin nafs, struggling, controlling, fighting with your own inner self. So. That's the primary meaning, but of course, if there is a need to take up arms to defend yourselves, then of course you do that. Islam is not a pacifist religion and this is not forbidden in Islam. So let's turn to the verse of the Holy Quran that we are speaking about. <clears throat> Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Sorry. A'uzu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Man kana adunwalillahi wa malaikatihi 
وَرُسُلِهِ وَجِبْرِيلَ وَمِيكَالَ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ Whoever is an enemy to Allah and his angels and his messengers and Gabriel and Michael, then surely Allah is an enemy to disbelievers. As I said, we were discussing the word malaikatihi. And we'll continue with the same word. And it has three segments. Va, of course, is a connecting word and he, a pronoun. And uh, the main word is in the middle, malaikati. And its root is meem, lam, kaf. And... Uh, it occurs in the Holy Quran 206 times. Or to put it another way, words made from that root, Meem, Lam, Kaf, occur in the Holy Quran 206 times. And there are 10 different words. Uh, 88 times we have Malak. And 48 times mulk and 44 times malakat and 15 times malik it's not malik it's malik uh, and then other words fewer times <clears throat> Malik being one of them. So, um, and uh, last time we started looking at the significance of God being the Malik, O Master. Someone who has all the power over human beings. And uh, <clears throat> we saw the use of this word malaikatihi, or malaikati, in the sense of how the physical world operates and we considered that uh, the malaik are the rules are the forces that keep this universe this world in order it would be very strange indeed if you planted rice and when you went to cultivate it, rice seeds decided, well, it's a bit boring. They plant us and we always give rice. This year we changed our mind and it's going to be wheat or barley or something. 
That doesn't happen. A banana tree always gives bananas. It's always the same rule that keeps an atom in balance, whether it is a carbon atom or nitrogen atom or hydrogen atom or aluminium atom, whatever it might be. It's the same rule that keeps the Sun and the Moon and Mars and Venus and Pluto and every other planet, every other heavenly body, not just planets, in their right place. If this didn't happen, then there would be complete chaos. You could not depend on anything. As the example I gave, you saw rice, expecting rice. But when you go to harvest, you find bananas and so on. If the earth was moved slightly away from the sun, it will be too cold to support living things. If it was moved slightly closer to the sun, it will be too hot. But the earth is in the right place to allow living things to develop. So we have, we have one science which is science to physical sciences, physics and chemistry and uh, uh, um, astronomy and so on. They make sure that the inanimate objects, non-living things, they follow certain forces and certain rules. And God describes that as angels which have been appointed to ensure that the whole universe operates properly. Then there, there are biological sciences. So when whatever living being it is, is going to bear a child or a fruit. There are certain rules it follows. Plants, we have honeybees. They take pollen from one plant to another and they pollinate them and so on. And if the honeybees are not there, and this is a great problem these days, that the use of pesticide and insecticide, etc., to increase the amount of crops like wheat and barley and, you know, whatever else, rice that you have or plantations with mangoes and bananas and, and, and oranges and so on. They produce is plentiful. We kill off lots of insects and so on. Basically we are poisoning things. And the result of that is that we are also poisoning honeybees, which we need to pollinate 
the plants and so on. And now, having disobeyed an angel, and what is that angel? The rule, the law, which was going to carry on pollination and production of plants and so on. Laws are now being passed that if bees, they make a beehive somewhere, you're not allowed to disturb them. You are not allowed to disturb them. They must remain there. Once they've left, you might then fill up that hole, etc., etc., but not while they're there. So these things, you see, we see in inanimate objects, in living things, but there is a difference between human beings and other creations. And that is that uh, God wanted to bestow this quality of decision making. And God said it was such a, God says in the Holy Quran, such a heavy burden that none of my creation would have borne it. But human beings, they accepted it. And that was whether they follow God's angels or they don't follow God's angels. Whether they um, follow God's forces and laws or they don't follow them. Now you see, a mother gets pregnant. You know, let's, let's say it's an animal, has a calf. The calf doesn't really have much capacity to decide what is right and wrong. The mother feeds him, teaches him to graze, and that's about the end of it. But in coming to fruition, this pregnancy, that mother has to follow certain rules. And it does, because it has no choice. But the point is this. We, we can create a situation by not following the angels, by not following the rules, that damages those living things. A nuclear power plant exploded in Chernobyl and the beef and the milk and so on in Wales became radioactive. Presumably these animals got cancer through no fault of their own but because of what we had done. 
and uh, <clears throat> a human becomes pregnant. There are certain laws while the fetus is in the womb. You know, it's fed by the mother and so on and so forth, but the mother has to follow some rules. If he doesn't, she might have a miscarriage. If he doesn't, she might have a child that is disabled or not healthy or whatever. As we know that uh, um, certainly in the initial stages of pregnancy, many women, they feel sick in the morning and they vomit and so on. And this company came up with a medication which eliminated that. And lots of women ran to use it. Thalidomide, I just remembered the name, thalidomide. And when their babies were born, many had limbs missing. They had this woman on, on, on television, she had her own children and she was a thalidomide baby and her arms were missing and she did everything with her feet. They showed her changing her baby's nappy with her feet. Okay, so she found a way around it. But the point is this, by interfering with the angels, by disobeying those angels, by disobeying the laws that God made, that woman was born without her arms. <coughs> And this is what these angels, these forces, these rules, these laws are trying to tell us. If a woman drinks or smokes during pregnancy, that impacts the fetus. God forbid if she takes stronger drugs like heroin and cocaine and so on, children are born addicted to heroin and cocaine because the fetus is used to having that fix, as they say. But God has given us certain signs and she refused to see those signs. So when one stage of life, that is being the fetus finished and another stage of life started, that fetus had to go through pain because it had to be weaned off these drugs. In some cases, nothing could be done, like this lady whose mother had been taking thalidomide and she was born without any arms. You see, these it, we say verses of the Holy Quran in English, but the word is ayah or ayat, plural. What does it literally mean? We translate it as verses of the Holy Quran, like verses of the Bible and so on. But it actually means God's signs. 
Now, what, what do these signs do? You're driving down the motorway and there is a sign saying this lane is closed because there's a car broken down in it. Now, you can take heed of that sign and change lanes, slow down, do whatever, take precautions, or you can ignore it and crash into the car that's broken in that lane. In the days of old, they would build lighthouses. To do what? They acted as a sign to the ships, saying which way, showing which way is clear, which way is dangerous. If you follow the sign of that light, you'll find safety. And it's the same thing here. If you follow God's signs, the rules given in the Holy Quran are as much malaika, as much signs, as much angels, because they guide us. The angels guide an apple tree so that it only bears apples. The angels guide the earth and the moon to behave in a certain way so that the solar system is not destroyed. But they have no choice. The only difference is that one creation, that is human beings, were given a choice. Here is the angel, here is the lighthouse, here is the sign on the motorway warning you of dangers. Follow it or don't follow it. Those who choose not to follow them, well if it's a ship, it ends up in a crash killing all those who are sailing in it. If it's a car on a motorway, that too ends up in a crash. Maybe killing or injuring everyone who's in that car. Etc. And that is the point that if the mother follows the signs of Allah, the angels of Allah, when she's pregnant, she gives birth to a healthy baby. But then one day, this form of existence is also going to come to an end. We are like, just like mother's womb was a place for the fetus, our physical body is a place for our souls. And one day, One day it will stop functioning and the soul will be released. Just like if the mother had followed the angels of Allah, the signs of Allah, the rules of Allah, the fetus would have been healthy. If we've done the same thing, our soul will be born in a healthy state. 
If not, then just like that fetus has to be weaned off heroin or cocaine or whatever. Or just like the fetus, the, 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 the woman, the damage was so bad that she couldn't grow her arms, could she? She had to go through life limbless. But I think in the hereafter, that may not be the case. But the time it takes to purify, for the soul to purify itself, depends on what we subjected it to during its residence, let us say, in these bodies. So these social laws, laws of interaction, how should a person behave towards his wife, towards his children, towards his parents, towards each other in a society? They are as much God's signs, they are called God's signs, as the forces that bind this universe together. And that is an example for us. God says, I created these forces, the universe doesn't disobey me. Look at the wonderful balance in which it exists. But it has no choice. You are giving a choice. Look at that example and see what you want to do. And in most cases we choose. What do we choose? That's right. We choose to ignore the angel and follow the devil. And as I said, we ignore the lighthouse and we crash the boat. Tomorrow, I hope I'll look at one particular use of this route or misuse of this route which has brought Islam in for great criticism from other people and then um, inshallah I hope on uh, Thursday I'll be able to go through the whole uh, of the, uh, uh, the Quran and see uh, how this word is used in uh, different ways in different places of the Holy Quran. With a prayer that uh, whoever you are and wherever you may be, may Allah keep all of you safe and sound and free from harm. Assalamu alaikum, Khuda Hafiz, and goodbye.